athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Welcome to another edition of Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. It certainly feels good to be back in the saddle. Missed you guys the last couple of weeks. Was on vacation. Took a nice little cruise to Casumel and Costa Maya. Spent a week in the Orlando area as well. But now I'm refreshed, back, ready to roll. A lot has happened since our time away, specifically with NBA free agency. Dame uh, still, Damian Lillard still has not been traded that is going to have to be figured out i think a lot of people thought that by this time it would have happened that the miami heat would have been the team but notably like the the heat what are the heat really giving up like the blazers are not going to just give damian lillard away for free what in fact are the blazers getting in return tyler hero not enough you really you know that the heat want to be able to keep jimmy butler bam out of bio together with that team that made it to the nba finals uh last year or this well a month ago um and also the team that is a, a lot of the, the the members of that team were part of that team in 2020 that made it to the nba finals as well but now a couple of people have uh, gone i mean you're, you're losing a couple of guys um also so that uh, is to free agency so that certainly becomes an issue as well but a lot of free agency uh, talk I, I, I guess i want to recap some of that like can we recap some of that since some moves are still going on um here on the program today since i was away and that was something that we didn't really have a chance or i didn't have a chance to talk about with you so uh, before i left we had talked about the countdown to kickoff, the countdown to kickoff is on. Now, before I left, we had mentioned the location. We're not going to be at that location anymore, but our, our, our countdown to kickoff is going to take place on Saturday. Those that are in Raleigh, okay, in the Raleigh-Durham area, those broadly uh, throughout the state of North Carolina that listen to us in the triad, that listen to us in Charlotte, that listen to us in uh, North Elizabeth City, WRVS Northeastern North Carolina. Also, we're going to have all nine head football coaches from the HBCUs in North Carolina for our sixth box to row countdown to kickoff on Saturday. It's a 5 p.m. start, and we're going to be at Sticks and Vines, which is located in Durham. It's on Fayetteville Road in Durham, Sticks and Vines. So I expect to see you all out there. I mean, it's going to be a great time. Again, we've got all nine 
of the head coach. So let, let me let, let's run down the head coaches. So when you talk about Shaw, you're talking about Adrian Jones. Okay. Uh, when you talk uh, about uh, North Carolina Central, you're talking about Trey Oliver. When you're talking about North Carolina Central, uh, when you're talking um, about uh, uh, Fayetteville State, right? We're going to be joined by Richard Hayes, the head football coach uh, at Fayetteville State. Uh, when you're talking about North Carolina A&T, you're talking about Vincent Brown. Uh, Vincent Brown is the the new head football coach, as a matter of fact, at North Carolina A&T. So very much looking forward to uh, talking with him. At St. Augs, you're talking about Coach Feggins. Uh, the new, as a matter of fact, you talk about new head football coaches. He's the new head football coach there at St. Augs. When you're talking uh, about Elizabeth City State, you're talking about Coach Hilliard, Coach Hilliard uh, at uh, Elizabeth City State at Livingstone is Sean Gilbert at Johnson C. Smith. It's Maurice Flowers. And at Winston-Salem State, it is Robert Massey. So those collection of coaches going to be with us, okay, going to be with us this Saturday, Sticks and Vines in Durham. It's on Fayetteville Road, 5 p.m. start you got to be there. It's your opportunity to interact with the coaches as well. As a matter of fact, it's going to be a 10-minute interview per coach. And we, we really – see, this is the thing. Like, we do these type of events, and we really want you to come out to these type of events, right? However, we realize everybody cannot come out, even those that live in the Raleigh-Durham area, Triad, Charlotte, Northeastern North Carolina, et cetera, Fayetteville, uh, Northeastern North Carolina, et cetera. So you will also be able to watch the countdown to kickoff for those that are not able to attend. You'll be able to watch uh, on Big Sports TV, okay, and also on the Box to Row website, BoxToRow.com on the website, as well as the Box to Row YouTube page uh, as well. Great collection of coaches. We This will be our sixth time doing this, and it's really good to, to be able to get uh, with the coaches as as these media days are beginning to happen. Of course, you look at the the, the, the MEAC media day is going to be next Friday in Norfolk. Uh, the following Tuesday, which I believe is the 20, is that the 25th, uh, I believe, of July. Uh, the SWAC media day is going to be in Birmingham. I don't know offhand the SIAC and CIAA's uh, schedule. I know the SIAC is having uh, its media day uh, in Atlanta, I believe, at the College Football Hall of Fame. And then the the CIAA has uh, its football media day um, oh, in Virginia. The, the, the exact city um, is escaping me, but it's where the CIAA has its champion, the CIAA championship game, uh, which it has done for uh, quite, a few, uh, quite a few years now. So um, should be a good time. Want you guys to come on out again. If you're unable to attend, you can check it out. Uh, on our website, BoxToRow.com, also on the Box to Row, uh, the Box to Row YouTube page, the Box to Row YouTube page, as well as as well as uh, one other location, Big Sports TV, BigSports.tv, BigSports.tv. You can check it out there as well. I mean, I look across the landscape, and I don't, I, I don't want to get too much into HBCU football. Specifically to je- today, reason being is that we're going to have this countdown to kickoff, and that's going to kind of start 
the football season. And then, of course, not this upcoming Monday, but the following Monday, which I believe the date on the following Monday, if I'm not mistaken, is is uh, July the 24th. That's when the the HBCU football daily podcast will, in fact, return as well. But, you, you know, you've already got the SIAC revealing its preseason all-conference team already and and its preseason rankings in terms of the school. So you've got Benedict at number one, no surprise there, went undefeated in the regular season and the SIAC championship game before, unfortunately, for the Tigers falling in uh, the first round, or really the second round, they had a first round by the Tigers did, of the Division II playoffs. Albany State number two, Tuskegee number three. Fort Valley State number four, followed by Savannah State at five, Lane at six, Edward Waters at seven, Miles at eight, Central State at nine, Clark Atlanta at 10, Allen at 11, Kentucky State at 12, and Morehouse at 13. Edward Waters at number seven. That's, I mean, they, they, it's going to be a good team there. That's high because, um, again, this is the first year officially that Edward Waters is in the conference and to be voted seventh. I think that really speaks to the level of what Edward Waters uh, was really able to do on last season. Uh, In terms of players of the year, Kelvin Durham, the offensive preseason player of the year, the quarterback for Fort Valley State, and Lubert uh, Danellis, the defensive lineman, for Benedict, I mean, he was all-world everything, including uh, box-to-row HBCU All-American. So let's table it there in terms of talking, okay, about HBCU football because we're going to, again, count down the kick. We're going to have plenty of HBCU football to talk about on Saturday in Durham. All nine of the HBCU North Carolina head football coaches are going to be at the countdown to kickoff so either be there at sticks and vines in durham or check us out uh check the live stream out online at box one of the things i want to pose this question to you as we go to break now northwestern has fired its head football coach pat's fitch pat fitzgerald because apparently there had been some hazing within the football program and you know, a lot of times you can you 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 have hazing that goes on in 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 in, in various entities across college campuses and in, really in life in general. It's just to what degree that hazing happens. It, it, it does. It, we've seen it many times become deadly, and you don't want to go down that road, obviously. But now uh, Fitzgerald has said, "Well, he didn't know anything about it." And my question to you is not whether or not. Pat Fitzgerald should have been fired. We can talk about that. And I'm going to I'm going to have some more thoughts on that. But should a coach in this instance and really anybody in leadership, you should always be held accountable. But should it cost you your job for not knowing what was going on? Now, he says he doesn't know what that that the hazing was going on. I, I, I'm not sure if he knows if he knew or not. But that is what he said. Um, you know, I've always been of the opinion that if you didn't know, you should have known. However, can that type of thing, and, and if it was brought to his attention, and it, if he dismissed it, then he knew. Okay, but should someone be held? Should they? Should there? Should Pat Fitzgerald have lost his job, or should anyone in leadership 
lose their job because of something that they didn't know. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We've got plenty more of the program on the other side. And as a matter of fact, we've got a special guest that's going to be joining us today here on the program, a WWE wrestler that was that is an HBCU grad. You're going to hear from her a little bit later on in the program as Box to Row rolls on. Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff, and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donna Ware. Welcome back to Box to Row. You want to participate here on the program, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Follow us while you're there. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. I posed the question prior to the break. Should, in fact, in leadership, if 
Someone's a leader. They're not aware of something that happened. And I'm talking specifically, but I'm, I'm throwing it out there to society as a whole because, you know, sports is a, is a microcosm of society. Like I can relate anything that happens to sports to anything in everyday life, uh, particularly as it relates to leadership, coaches, uh, players, student athletes, etc. Um, Northwestern fired its head football coach Pat Fitzgerald, who now is uh, is 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 going with litigation um, against the school um, because he says he did not know. And he's and I've I've seen interview I've seen clips I should say of interviews where he said in the past that he would not tolerate any type of hazing. Now he seems like a very intense coach, um, and 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 again. As I talk about many times on this program, a lot of times it's about context. So whereas I saw that clip that where he talked about, I mean, I think it was convenient for whatever news station uh, or network was playing the clip at the time. Not that it was convenient, but they were just using it to say that in the past he had said that, hey, I, I don't condone hazing. But I would still like to know the context of that. Was that was he asked that question because some some allegations of hazing had come up and then he answered the question or is it just something that was random and happened uh, in terms of the answer he gave that was a, really could have been a couple of years ago. I'm not sure when the video was from, but he has said that he that this is not something he condones. OK, and again, my question was, if you're in leadership and it's something you don't know about in this case, Fitzgerald said he does didn't know anything about the hazing should not that he shouldn't be held responsible because certainly you should be held responsible, but should it cost him his job? Um, again, th this is sort of where, uh, and I go back to the Rick Patino deal back in from Louisville when I don't even remember what the scenario was, right? But it was something that Rick Patino said he had no knowledge of and um, uh, it, it, something that was going on within the program and, you know, he was fired and it took it took Patino some time. He, you know, he was at Iona. Now he's at St. John and boys. He's, he's got a boy. He's got a he's bringing some guys in. I mean, that guy to St. John's was huge for the Red Storm. Now, that program is coming back. Of course, St. John is in the city. He's going to get city guys from New York. It's very big. Right. But but again, similar deal should Patino. And now in this case, Fitzgerald have known about it yeah you know even as i stated in the in the patino deal like i always think if you're in leadership it's something you you should know what's going on within whether it's your program um whether um whether you're you know whether you're the vice president of a corporation whatever the case may be and i realized that a lot of times uh, people in leadership positions may not know. I mean, I've been in leadership positions before. I don't know every single thing that's going on. But in this case, and, and, and this was hazing. This was something that was going on amongst the players. Now, do the coaches and, and specifically Fitzgerald in this instance know all the time what these players are doing? They, they can't possibly they can't possibly know, but if it's like it's been it's been reported that upperclassmen, okay, were 
hazing or giving the business, if you will, to, you know, to freshmen, to to younger players. And in a way that wasn't just like carry my bags type of deal. I mean, it would there's some some allegations um, here. Um, and this was actually first reported and kudos to the student newspaper there on the campus uh, of Northwestern that these types of things were happening. And again, let me also give it to you from this. And so I, I, I do think he should have been held accountable. Originally, he ha- I think he got like a two week suspension. But then as the story and, and this happens all the time, the more stories come out, the more information comes out about something that's reported, um, the more people get up in arms. And then there's more pressure on the administration to take more steps. I would, but let me also challenge you here okay, to think about it from this perspective. Northwestern is, yes, has become more relevant, especially under Fitzgerald, who's an alum, by the way. I think that play, I think that's a big deal in this too, that he's an alum. Like he's in, he's vested in this university over a very long period of time. A 90, I think a 95 graduate of the school played football, right? So he's vested. But I would also say that Northwestern, even though it has become good in football or become more relevant in football, particularly in the Big Ten, where, I mean, that's a very tough conference to play in, where that it's more of an academic school. So, you know, when when, when you're more known for academics and not as much for athletics, to me, I think administration thinks a little bit differently in terms of protecting the brand that is Northwestern University. So in other words, let's say this is this had happened under and I I, I couldn't imagine and, and, you know, coaches are different, but I couldn't imagine that this would have happened under, um, say, a Nick Saban at Alabama. If this had happened under a Nick Saban or maybe that's that's going a little bit too much because hard to compare a Nick Saban. Um, to a Pat Fitzgerald. But let's just say um, this happened. I'm just trying to think of a coach. I can't really think of a coach right now. But let's say a coach that has had success at a, at a, at a um, I don't know, let me even th- try to throw an, a university out here, um, somewhere in the Big Ten. Let's say a Maryland, um, let's say a Penn State, a, a school like that where there has been success uh, well, more recently, there's been success at Maryland, but let's just take Penn State, where there has been success in football, some relative success in basketball, depending upon the year. But the brand, in other words, and I'm not Penn State's a great school, but I think Northwestern's brand from an academic standpoint is higher than most schools. Would would the same actions have been taken against, say, a Coach Franklin as the head coach at Penn State that were taken against Pat Fitzgerald as the head coach of Northwestern. That's what I would throw out there. I think a lot of this has to do with the brand and specifically the academic brand that is Northwestern University. I think that has a lot uh, to do with this. I think if, if this had happened at a school that has that has had success uh, on on in athletics, specifically in football, but wasn't uh, as uh, 
as uh, astute as not the but maybe was it didn't have um, as much brand recognition academically than a Northwestern had. Would we have seen um, that head coach get fired? Give me your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X the number two R O W. In other words, did Northwestern take it a little bit too far in terms of firing Pat Fitzgerald? Because Northwestern even said that basically what Northwestern is saying is that he should have known. They, they're not saying he, that he or any of his coaches participated in this. So that's, in essence, what Northwestern is saying and fired him anyway with the football program where it is. Like, the football program is in a decent shape at Northwest. Like, Northwestern used to be a laughing stock in football, particularly playing in the Big Ten, which is such a tough conference. Okay, maybe outside of the SEC, the toughest conference to play in. Um, so he's built that program to another level, yet administration, in essence, saying that he didn't, you know, didn't didn't participate, whether it was participate or whether it was was knowing or however you want to look at it, um, that they fired him anyway. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe this is a. No, no, no. Maybe it's a month long suspension. Maybe two weeks is too light. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was some pressure felt from, uh, from alums. Uh, I, I'm sure not, not a lot uh, from maybe those that are that are vested in the football program because this guy's built a great football program in his years at Northwestern, where the brand is more so known for academics. That means he's done an absolutely tremendous job. Okay, maybe something a little bit more appropriate. I don't know a, m- a month because he should have known. Like, like I, I don't, I don't absolve him of of whether he should have known. Um, apparently, he did not know. Um, and you know, it, it, to be a little bit fair, because I would put myself in that same situation that I should have known if it was something that was going on. I should have known if I'm in a leadership position. Um, but the fact of the matter is, can't be with the players twenty four seven. Maybe this some this is something that was super secretive. Now, if he had had any inclination, somebody had come to him and said, "Hey, this is going on. You may want to look into this," and he did nothing about it. That's a whole different scenario. But if he didn't know a single thing, and all of a sudden this came out, and then the university said, "Okay, two weeks suspension," and then all of a sudden the university says, "You're fired." I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit that may be a little bit, maybe a little bit extreme. So, again, would love to get your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Up next here on Box to Row, Caden Carter, formerly of NXT, now on the Raw brand on WWE, part of a tag team, okay, was a a national champion when she played on the Shaw University basketball women's basketball team back in 2012. How does one go from being a national champion to uh, one on the rise in WWE? We'll ask Caden Carter next. You've got it locked. To box to row.
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and I, I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever those, that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on, the, on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> You know what is good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought the awareness to the school, and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Still View Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division I. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University a Black College. Something that my city had never seen before. May never see again and just having a, 
up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Mellows. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at BoxToRow.com. That's from the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. We're going to keep things moving here on the program. Joined by a young lady, as a matter of fact. It's interesting um, because I'm a, you know, as you guys may know, if you've, if you watch, if you've heard this show, I, I'm into wrestling. So I watch, you know, I watch Raw. I watch SmackDown. So about a, about a month ago now, I was watching and there was a tag team duo that was tag team champions actually in NXT that were making their first appearance uh, in, in, uh, in WWE on Raw. And I'm looking at one of the wrestlers, Caden Carter, right? And I'm like, man, she looks, <laughs> she looks familiar to me. So I, I look her up, come to find out she was part of Shaw's national, the Women's National Basketball Championship team, which of course, I called the games for Shaw, was calling the games back then, still calling the games uh, for Shaw. She makes up one half of the women's tag team in Raw, along with Katana Chance, again, a national champion. She is Caden Carter. She joins us here on the program. Caden, what's going on? What's up? (laughs) Man, it's been some years. I couldn't hardly believe what I was seeing. When I, yeah, when I saw you, I knew you guys lost your first match, but, but, uh, but you, you know, you were able to win, you've been able to win one. Matter of fact, I need to mention on Monday, July 10th, she's going to be part of the card for Raw in Charlotte. So you're going to make it making a homecoming of sorts, right? But now you were just in Charlotte, what, back in February? Yeah. Can't get away from it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, talk about that, that, that 2012 national championship team was being honored, I think, in Hall of Fame induction by the CIAA. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can get my uh, jersey retired now. I think I qualify. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, it was cool. It was, um, like, I told them when I was there that, like, it's funny how I feel like winning the Nationals um, helped me, you know, a lot in life and helped, uh, was one of those stepping stones just to get me where I'm at now. Um, and it's really cool because I didn't expect for my journey to end up here. Like, you know, you when you play basketball, I'm sure a lot of people can like relate to this. Like you think ball is life. And and that's that's what you think your life is gonna be is you're gonna play professional basketball or you're gonna go overseas or you're gonna do some type of coaching or something like that. When you're a basketball player, I feel like that's the mentality you have. So never in a million years that I think I would deter to wrestling. So I think it's pretty awesome and it's pretty cool. Oh, it's 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 very cool, right? So I got to ask, like, you know, you've, it's some great athletes, right? Like Bianca Belair was a track star. Now 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously in WWE, um, you look at Raquel um, Rodriguez, who who was a national champion, like you. I mean, well, no, she yeah. was a, a conference champion, played it at the Division Two and Division One level. Now is in wrestling, and like I asked them, how does one go from playing ball and obviously you're a good athlete to being now a professional wrestler? I think it's a different journey for everyone. For me, it's like. I feel like basketball was a lot of stress on the body and like mentally it it wasn't there for me anymore. So I didn't want a nine to five job. Like I just don't believe that that's what I was meant for in life. Like just to, that's not for, that's not saying that it's bad or anything. I'm just saying for me personally, I can't do that. Like I want to be able to have freedom, make an impact on people's lives, you know, really help people out. And that's what you get to do in the WWE. I mean, we participate in Give Kids the World Village and the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We do a lot of charities with the Boys and Girls Club and we get to help people all the time. And that's like the number one thing that drew me there was, you know, being able to affect the world in a positive way, you know, because I went through a lot of stuff, you know, there was a lot of stuff at Shaw, there's a lot of stuff in high school um, that, um, that, I, that I had to deal with. And I would love to help other people like, overcome like the obstacles they have to get to where they want in life. You know what I'm saying? Um, hold on. This person just someone called me. Sorry, okay. I lost you. Did I... No, okay. I, uh, I, 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 we, we heard you. I got you. Yes. Okay. So, um, so that that's what was mainly the thing that drew me there. Like my friend took me to an NXT show, and I absolutely fell in love. You know, and honestly, like looking into it, those are the kind of things that I found out. And then I was like, this fits me perfect. I can still be an athlete. You know, I can I can still make a positive change. And you know, it was just something that I absolutely fell in love with, and that's how it all started. Yeah, um, matter of fact, I think about Alexa, Alexa Bliss was a guest on this show. She was a Division One cheerleader, came into, you know, obviously came into to wrestling. So you said you went to an NXT match, you fell in love with it. So what's the what, what was the next process? You, you said, okay, this is something I want to do. So how do you go about going on to this journey as a wrestler, as a professional wrestler? Yeah, so um, I just heard, like I remember going to the show and I heard someone say something about a wrestling school. So then I literally looked up a wrestling school and then um, I kind of got intimidated because they were like, just you, you send them like, I was like, hey, I want to participate, I want to wrestle. They're like, yeah, just here, pay this money, come to class and then just jump in. I was like, just jump in. I was like, hold up, wait, no, that doesn't sit well. <laughs> so then I just took a break from that idea and then they had a show called Tough Enough. And honestly, I don't know how it works. All I know is I submitted a video or I made a video. I didn't even, I don't even know if I submitted it, but I made a video, you know, just to like try to like put it out there to see what happens. Obviously that didn't fall through. So a very weird story is I was working at Under Armour and my former uh, teacher, uh, one of the Dudley boys, Devon Dudley, his son happened to start Under Armour at the same time I did. And then I was just playing around and like, I showed him like my tough enough video. And then he was like, well, my dad has a school. And I'm like, who's your dad? He's like, Devon Dudley. I was like, Devon Dudley, what? I was like, <laughs> okay, like Hall of Famer do you all like, Okay, like, you know, um, so he, me and him became really good friends. His dad saw my video, told me, hey, coming down into school. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I went there, we talked about it. He, you know, he gave me all the details and like, whatever. And I can just remember walking in there and saying like, I want to be, I want to get into WWE within a year. Like I was like, it was like, I, it was very, very like high goals for myself. Um, so I just remember going there and training school. And then eventually they had submitted some stuff and um, I got a call for a tryout. <laughs> Wow. And then, I mean, that's sort of a, because what year was that? That was in 2017, I want to say. Wow. 
So, yeah. So six years later, you're on the Raw brand. You 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 and your partner um, were actually uh, NXT champion. Because so you guys were and you guys were you were part of the draft. You got drafted. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. I remember. And see, I didn't any I, I watched the draft and I didn't I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize you at the time. Um and then uh, but I remember when you guys got drafted um from NXT, which I think is really really cool that they pull up um as part of the draft, they pull up um some wrestlers from uh from NXT. So uh, you guys were really excited, but but take me through how exciting that was when you heard your name called to be uh to move up to to the Raw brand. Um, it was unreal. Like, I honestly, I want to say for that month, because like when you know, like the draft is coming up, you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, uh, we worked really hard at NXT. And when we were just sitting there, I just remember hearing Katana's name. And like, I was like blacked out. I was like, what's going on? Because you, you just don't. It's just like, it's, it's a difficult position because there's so many great people you never know what they're looking for right like they could want this and this and that and you know what i'm saying it may not be you at the time and you know the draft only happens once a year and again you don't know when it's your time it's not like people are running around saying hey you're gonna get drafted or like you have any kind of hints that you are because people don't they don't talk about that's not something that's talked about so for us that was a very real moment and it and it like really hit us hard because her and i have been a team for four years and we've been through a lot of things and um, in NXT and just in life together, you know, that we've held each other together for such a long time. And, you know, that moment like solidified everything that we went through and everything that we worked for. And I feel like it just seemed like a dream. And even till this moment, I don't even feel like it's real because it's just everything that I've ever wanted to do. Like when I set that goal six years ago, I literally still can't believe that I told myself this is what I wanted and this is where I want to be and then I'm here you know it just it just sometimes it doesn't seem real <laughs> yeah no no that that I mean that's a great way to put it so Caden Carter joins us here on the program one half of the former NXT women's tag team champions along with Katana Chance now of course in WWE in the Raw brand how uh, Katen, did Shaw University prepare you for uh, where you are now specifically in uh, as a pro wrestler in WWE? Um, gosh, it's so many things that molded. And, you know, everyone, I can sit here and, and you know, say that it was just like a Cinderella, you know, story of like, a, a, like you know what I'm saying? Like, it just was so great and nice there. And it, but it wasn't. It was a very difficult uh, journey in Shaw because there's a lot of there was the, first of all the CIAA is cutthroat okay <laughs> like people there are just rough and, and and aggressive and just everyone's in it to win it and just you know what I'm saying it's a completely different you know transition from like anywhere else you play I think it's one of the most like I don't want to say like badass I want to say like uh, just I don't even know the word for it it's just like it was a lot right so it was a lot of also like, you know, expectation because Shaw had a rep as, you know, prior to for me being there. Um, so with all of with all of the new feelings of of a different environment for me, I feel like it was I had to be a leader in the toughest of times when when my mental state of mind wasn't the greatest, I had to be strong because our team had a goal and that was to get to nationals. I mean, the first year we got to the final four, then the next year it was even 
more of like, we got to do this. I want this. This is what I want in my journey. This is like a goal. So, you know, for me to push even harder through a lot of things, you know, that's the kind of things that prepare you here is because you have to deal with a lot of stuff. You have to travel, you know, you have to put your body online. You have to protect another human. You know what I'm saying? You have to take a lot of self-care and with all those stresses, you still have to be strong for all the people that support you. All the people that are watching you, the show that you put on, you know, like you have to have a strong mentality. And I will say that is that being in Shaw, I grew as a human to be so strong and to hold my own and to become a leader and, you know, just really to take care of myself and, you know, uh, just know that like the work never stops, you know, workhorse all the time and just dedicate yourself and everything that you want is completely possible regardless of the circumstances. More of the conversation with WWE wrestler Caden Carter is up next. More of Box to Row with Donald Ware is on the way. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitby, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff. And we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to row. Caden Carter joining us here in the program. You know, it's interesting. I remember that year in 2012 because I remember it started out, well, it was 2011, 2012, but it started out um, on the road, Belmont Abbey. Then we ended up going to West Texas, played, I think it was West Texas A&M. Then we played New Mexico. I mean, I mean that game against New Mexico State was a winnable game. I think, thank you lost by eight points. And New Mexico yeah. State is a Division One school. So you knew yeah. it was going to be special. Um, that, that was going to be a special year and it ultimately did. And it ended in San Antonio with the lady bears cutting down the nets, which in of itself, I don't know if a lot of people know about Shaw. Shaw is a very small, 
school. But it to me, it is the school that does the most with the least. And to win that national championship was absolutely phenomenal. What do you remember most about that season and specifically winning that national championship? I feel like we went into it with a lot of people doubting us. But it was funny because in my head and in my heart, we had a team so that prior year, I think it was like eight of us who are like who returned back. Like, I don't know if like there was like a, a lot of us, a handful of us who sat out that that first year. And then the next year, like we just kept building on like where people weren't like able to play it until that 2012 team. So we had already built this bond and people like didn't know about it. Like it was like it felt like some secret kind of bond because people didn't they weren't aware of the skill that was going on here. Um, but I just do remember going into it and they were saying that we were like the underdogs in this game because the other team, Ashland, was what was oh, what were they, 31 and 0 or something like that? Something and like we that. were I can't remember our, our our losses, but we had like a handful of losses. So I remember walking in there and people were just like, Oh no, this this is gonna have to be like this Cinderella story. And I'm like, look, we got people coming from division one schools, the top division one schools. I'm talking about girls were coming from like, my, my best friend was from Appalachian State. Like people were coming from like Kentucky. People were at, like, I don't know, USF. Like, you know what I'm saying? People were all deep, like big D1 schools. And I was just in my head, I'm like, do people not do their research? I was like, cause if these people are like top caliber, like level, you know, I had faith in us. But when we were there, I this is a funny story as well. We played Rollins in the final four. And I really wanted to go to Rollins, home Winter Park, you know, my hometown. And I, I never got a shot there. Like, they didn't even take like, one look at me to, like, go there. You know what I'm saying? But all my friends played there. And that was who we played in the Final Four. And, like, obviously, Coach had a great strategy, you know, starting three post players, two point guards. No one could hang with us. Beat them by, like, 25, yeah. like, in a Final <laughs> Four. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it was, like, to me, it was, like, it, it sucked because my friends, you know, obviously they're sad or whatever, but it was a sweet revenge because it was, like, oh, you should have picked me up. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we worked just that much harder just to prove everybody, you know, that we weren't the underdogs. We were actually the strongest team all along, you know? No, I think it's a great point because you're right. It, it was, like, Shaw had it in regulation, and then it went to overtime, and we're, like, oh, Lord, but – <laughs> yeah, but continue to to fight, and it was great. Again, Caden Carter joins us here on the program. Check her out this Monday, July 10th on Raw. She is one half of the tag team with Katana Chance. So, again, the team was inducted. The national championship team, for sure, as you know, was inducted into uh, the CIAA Hall of Fame in 2012. You guys were honored at the CIAA tournament in February. And it's interesting because when I called Coach Curtis after I saw you on Raw, I'm like, I can't, that, this is crazy. And he just was like so proud, right? Because you were one of his players and now you're doing what you're doing. So what kind of reaction do you get when people remember you having played at Shaw and now understand uh, that you are part of WWE? I get a lot of support. You know, I think it's like people didn't really realize that that was like <laughs> the direction. Like, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> unexpected because yeah. I tell people, like, there's so many people, like, thousands and thousands of people who would love to be a part of WWE, and only a few hundred get to be a part of that, you know what I'm saying? So it's something, like, really special, and I think that, like, again, it comes to a shock to most people because they're just sitting there and they turn on the TV and they're like, oh, shoot, like, like I know her, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I think it's very, like, more so unexpected for everyone else, like, you know, um, and again, they become very supportive once they find out. And they love, you know, the Shaw representation and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty fun when people uh, figure it out or find out or get to see me. 
Yeah, it's now of course the HBCU brand has become very, you know, popular. Uh, yeah, I mean we already knew, but I'm just saying across, uh, you know, various landscapes. Maybe the maybe the last three or four years. I I know I think um, WWE had like some NIL deals with a couple of athletes and and stuff like and stuff like that. But like, what does it mean to you to be an HBCUer and part of now uh, this big huge global brand in wwe it's a great feeling because i feel like people don't the, the awareness of of certain things and like you know like let's just say the school in general you know what i'm saying like you said it's a small school but there's a lot of positive and memorable like you know marks from that school that people like may not be aware about so like if i'm in the light and then people look at my background, they're able to look at the school and like the kind of things like that the school represents, you know, and like the past and the history and like where it's come, you know, I feel like for me, I feel it's an amazing opportunity just to share like the stories of people who've come through there and the success and just the kind of amazing people that help mold us to get to where we're at. You know, I've had a lot of great teachers um, and support there, you know, um, and so just getting to like and just getting to highlight that through my career and letting and having that be allowed to show through what I do, you know, is it kind of means a lot. Caden Carter joining us here in the program. So have you played the what WWE 2K23? You're in the game. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm a video game character, guys. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? Uh, it's a, Again, it is all like so like unreal. But like I said, going to Shaw, playing basketball, like thinking that basketball was my entire life. I remember spending, when I was in high school, spending every day from day to night, just in the gym, wanting to get picked up to play, waiting there all day just to play one game, like the last pick of every game. And, you know, just spending my life thinking uh, that basketball was everything to me. You know what I'm saying? I literally did nothing, just try to go all to the camps and everything. Again, I didn't think that it would come to all of this. Like I just, it's hard to always put that together, like all the things that I've ever been through. What is it like this rise? Now you, now you're in, you know, now you're at your, you, you were in, uh, in NXT, you know, trying to get to this level. You're at the highest level. You and Katana starting to pick up more matches. You want a match, like I mentioned, um, you got a match up this upcoming um, uh, Monday on July 10th in back in Charlotte or back in in the Carolinas. I don't, I don't no, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure if I have a match yet. We're going to speak that to existence. Okay. Uh, not sure. We'll be there, though. Um, but I will say this. Okay, so I have to put this out there. Yep. A lot of people have said, like, you know, you guys debuted and you lost. I don't take it as a loss. We debuted against two of the best women in the industry. Okay, the baddest one on the planet and one of the four horsewomen, Shayna Baszler. And we hung toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. And for us, our first match on Raw, we almost this close to beating them. We hit our finisher, you know, some things that happened, but we put ourselves on the map, which means people should feel not threatened, but know that we're not here to play, okay? If we came that close to two of the top women in that company, that means we're a force to be reckoned with because we have so much more to offer. And it was only our first rodeo. Right now, we're just gonna keep picking up steam. You know what I'm saying? Can you speak a little bit more to the women's division? Because that is really, there are any number of women um, that are absolute stars in WWE. That division is uh, is really on the rise. It's, it was been on the rise. So 
everyone wants to talk about the women's division not being a strong division and it just depends on who's who's talking about it you know what i'm saying but with people like Kentana and myself like we really want to help to make people care even more about it you know what i'm saying we want to make it exciting and where it has some kind of value um because there isn't a lot of tag teams right now you know like everyone says like oh these teams just get thrown together there's no real teams like yeah Tana and I are pretty much like the only real team that there is because that's what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't think everyone walks in there in the goal and is like tag team wrestling. You know what I'm saying? But for us, that's where we're trying to like cement our legacy. Would I want to go for the for the Raw Women's Championship one day? Of course. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to hold my own, but also create, you know, what we want to as a unit. You know, there's just so many paths. I don't want to hold any limits to ourselves, but we're trying to set one bar together and then we can worry about the bars that we want to set for ourselves, you know? And so with that, I think that this, the tag division is becoming stronger. And I feel like people will, will start to see and believe in it again. And, you know, it's going to be something great. I, I feel like people don't really truly understand right now, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> what's daily life like for you with training and, and all of the, what, what's sort of that like for you? Oh man, it's a lot. <laughs> it's like I have to find time. So I'm usually we're usually flying on Sundays. We have shows on Mondays. Fly back in on Tuesday. The flights don't get delayed. I come back at a certain at a good time on Tuesday. But then you know I try to get myself situated. I have two little nightmares of dogs that I have to take care of. You know I have to get like everything that I need for myself done or the rest. And then the next couple of days I try to train. Um, I try to stay in the ring. I try to go to the gym as well as that and maybe get a little bit of another workout on top of like spending time with my family as much as I can <laughs> and being there for all the activities they need me for, whether it be a birthday, I have a very big family. So there's always a birthday. There's always some kind of celebration. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's like my life on repeat right now is just, you know, we go to the gym early, try to go to the ring. So that's a couple hours in the gym, couple hours in the ring, and then whatever daily errands I need to do, whether it be food prep and all that stuff, really spending time with my dogs, because uh, now I'm away from them <laughs> a lot more than I used to be. Um, and just making sure like my life is all together before the next time that I travel. <laughs> no doubt about it. What well, Caden Carter is a, is a, na a collegiate national championship going back to her days as a Shaw Lady Bear, the 2012 uh, national champions as a matter of fact again she teams with katana chance they are former nxt women's tag team champions looking to be raw uh women's champions as a matter of fact uh, as well as she joins us here on the program kaden great to catch up with you after all these years continued success in all you do hope you enjoyed that conversation with kaden carter here she joins us on Box to Row, and uh, again to go from playing uh, college basketball to being now in WWE, a huge accomplishment for her. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Caden Carter for joining us today here on Box to Row again. Don't forget countdown to kickoff Saturday, 5 p.m. in Durham at Sticks and Vines on Fayetteville Road. Want to see you out there, and if you're not able to make it, you can watch, again, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can watch on the BoxToRow.com YouTube page as well as the BoxToRow Facebook Live page and BigSports.TV. 
And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. You go bow for the result, nothing to discuss, because I think we might fall down without any doubt. I'm a me happy adult.